The Bible Study Podcast, episode 320. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of John with part two. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, as we looked at John, we started with chapter one, which is always a good place to start. And we talked about how John retells the story of creation through the eyes of being a Christian now that he has been a Christian for decades at the time of the writing of his gospel. And looking at the creation story through the understanding that Jesus is part of the Trinity, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father were all present there at the beginning of time, and so talks about the coming of the Word. Now, as we continue on with chapter 1, John will start to tell more of a traditional tale, more a part that sounds much more familiar if you've read one of the synoptic Gospels, one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, as he tells the story of John the Baptist. Now, the one thing that is interesting to know is, as we look at this story, is that John, the writer of the gospel, is a disciple of John the Baptist, and so this is a part of the story he knows very well. John 1, chapter 1, verse 19. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who'd been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. We know more about John the Baptist from the other Gospels than we do from here. We know more about his origin and his birth as we read that story. And we know that John is the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though he appears here in the New Testament. And it is so different because there hasn't been a prophet in Judah now for hundreds of years, and John shows up on the scene. And John is baptizing people, and people are going out in the wilderness for this. And so the people are wondering, and then the Jewish leaders start wondering, well, who is this guy? And is he Elijah come back? And Jesus says that John is a prophet like Elijah, but that wasn't their question. They ask him, are you Elijah? And he is not. They ask him if he is the prophet. And what he says is he is the one who calls out, make straight the way for the Lord. And this is the person then who is sent ahead of the king to prepare the way for him, to make the road straight, to do a little road construction here in advance of the coming of the king. And that's what John says he is. Basically, John is the one who is preparing. And he says, even now, there is someone with you. There's someone amongst those people who are here who I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. There is someone else coming who is bigger than I. And then more specifically to his disciples, John says here in verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. 
Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. This is the most clear witness to Jesus that we find in at least in this early part of Jesus' ministry. Jesus really hasn't even started his ministry, but John looks at him and said, the one who sent me to baptize, God told me that this is his Messiah. God told me this is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. This is his chosen one. This is a very clear testimony, and and we don't know for sure whether he's telling this to his disciples or to the crowd, but basically he is very clearly pointing at Jesus and saying, this guy is more important than me. This is the one you should follow. It's interesting to hear that because John understood his role, and John's role was a very important role. But like the bridegroom and the best man, he knew that this celebration was not about him and that his role was to point to the other. And he did a great job in that role, but he understood that this was about Jesus. And he says this interesting thing, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, this is something that the disciples wouldn't understand until after his resurrection. John is seeing this much earlier than anyone else is seeing this. Even after the disciples start to understand that Jesus is a prophet, even after they start to understand that he can do miracles, even after they start to proclaim that he is the Son of God, they still don't get why he came and that he came to take away the sin of the world. That they won't get until after Easter. But John sees that now because it's revealed to him from the Father. And As we'll see, John doesn't live that much longer after this, so this may be why the Father gives him this special revelation, that he can see what he won't live to see fulfilled. And then he says about Jesus, a man who comes after me, he has surpassed me because he was before me. So Jesus is both after John and before him, which is rather confusing if you're his audience. And we know that John is somewhat older than Jesus, older as in within nine months of age, because when Mary, the mother of Jesus, according to the account in Luke, goes to visit John's mother, who had gotten pregnant in her old age, the baby within her womb leaps, leading his mother to praise God. So we know they're close in age, we know they're cousins, but until this moment, until Jesus has been baptized, John the Baptist apparently does not realize that he's the Messiah. He says, I didn't know him, I didn't know that that's who it was until I saw the Holy Spirit come and descend on him, and the Father had already told me, and God had already told me that that's who was my chosen one. Because you can imagine John's surprise to find out that it's someone he knew. Possibly his mother hadn't told him that story when he was a baby. Or he didn't understand the significance of that story. But now he knows. And he says, the one who came after me, so John is older, John starts his ministry first, was before me. And that's what John was telling us, that John, the writer of the gospel, in the previous part of the chapter, is that Jesus is the precursor. That Jesus was present at the creation that Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together, as Paul proclaims in the book of Colossians. 
And then we wrap up the story of John the Baptist in John's gospel in these verses. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. And when we say translated is Peter, it's also translated it means the rock. And we will go on to see why Peter earns that name or why Peter was given that name by Jesus. But John is with people who follow him. And the natural thing would be to want to keep your disciples, to keep the people who follow you. But John understands his role and he does his role here. He literally points to Jesus and says, look, the Lamb of God. That is the one you should follow is the subtext here. And so the two disciples walk away from their teacher and find a new one. It had to be difficult to be John, to be John on the eve of some wonderful things that are coming, wonderful things that he won't live to see, to have a glimpse of the kingdom of God, but not quite get there until after death. But John does what John is called to do. He points to Jesus as we are called to do. There are two disciples here. One we know is Andrew, and the other one we believe is John, the writer of this gospel. John will never refer to himself by name in the entire writing of the gospel. So usually when there's someone who is not referred to by name, or when there is someone who is not referred to at all in this case, we assume it to be John. And Andrew does just what one should do when one comes across the Lamb of God who's taking away the sin of the world. He goes and tells his brother. He goes and tells someone close to him. He goes and tells Simon Peter. Simon now, Peter soon, and says, come. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. We have found the anointed one of God. We have found the chosen one of God. Come. And Simon comes and is never the same again. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.